Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Um, today, um, you know, those who are familiar to today's or this show, this is the drive time show, and we run this show from four o'clock till six o'clock. And usually, for those who are familiar to the shows, we usually have two different <coughs> topics. Today as well, we will have two different topics. The topics um, we will introduce were very interesting, of course. Um, my name is Zakaria, and I have been <coughs> joined with my co-host, uh, Nosh Erwan. Assalamu alaikum, Nosh. Uh, how are you, brother? Wa alaikum salam, Zakaria. I'm doing well. How are you today? I- I'm doing well. Uh, the reason I said Nosh is because we're very close friends, and uh, we call each other Nosh, uh, as in he calls me Nosh, and... Uh, I call you Zach, Zach, Zach. Yes. <laughs> and you uh, call me Nosh. Yeah. Yes. So, um, uh, uh, Nosh, what's uh, what are the topics for today? So what our are the first topic, um, students are going to love this. Um, it's about university life, okay. university challenges, mm-hmm. and how can students navigate through their university life to yep. attain success. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, we will be touching upon Islamic points. Um, why is education important? Um, why has Islam given emphasis to education? Mm-hmm. Uh, and for the second hour, we'll be talking about um, self-control. Yep. So these are two very interesting topics. Um, and I will urge our listeners to get involved. Um, drop us a message if they have any comments or drop us a call. Um, that would be really good. Yep. So if anyone wants to get involved... Uh, wants to share their thoughts or want to ask any sort of question, then they can always contact us at 020-8687-7878. That's 020-8687-7878. Um, well, let's uh, delve into it. Um, why do? What are the challenges that you know the students have? Um, you know, how do the students deal with it? You know, Zakaria, it's it's a big uh, step uh, coming from, um, let's say, secondary school first and then uh, going into um, colleges and doing their A-levels there or doing their studies there. Mm -hmm. And then going to university is a big jump because university life is um, really difficult uh, difficult in terms that you're more independent in terms of uh, going through the studies. Of course, you do have lecturers who who are there to guide you in terms of um, what you're going to be learning, but you have to do your own studies uh, independently. Yep. So navigating university challenges to ch- achieve success um, and it requires effective time, uh, effective time management and strong study habits mm-hmm. and seeking support when needed. Of course, uh, through your lecturers, um, you are you can go to them for help, and um, of course, they will guide you. And so, balancing academic commitments, extracurricular activities, and personal life is key. Stay organized, set goals, and adapt to new experiences. It's university life; it, it's a whole new experience yeah, for students, and mm. especially when you're going from uh, taking that step from college to university, um, you do know uh, to some extent like what you are going to be pursuing in future what path you're going to take in terms of your of your career mm-hmm. so taking that step from college to university can be challenging is, but you've yeah. got to stay disciplined you've got to stay motivated you've got mm-hmm. to be um, on your toes in terms of um, keeping up to your syllabus keeping up uh, with the lectures 
So today we will discuss how success in university is not just about grades, but also personal growth and networking. It's it's actually a, a, a you know preparation after you have finished your studies because <coughs> if you let's say are very organized and uh, you um, you know you manage your time, you know how to manage it, and if you go through that during the university uh, <coughs> life, right, and then you have to you know you start your own career or anything like that then you would know how to manage your time and this is how you will grow but if you are someone who you know uh you know delays works or is not good in you know managing time i mean you can always seek help i mean there are so many uh, the internet is full of you know um ideas so this is you know people can go and search um f- for ideas for things that they should be doing when before going entering university and then try to not just learn it but then adopt it as well as you said um we will also uh look into the islamic perspective of of uh, of learning and uh, of success uh and what islam actually says about uh, um you know uh, succeeding uh in 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 uh, in, in knowledge yep So Islam highlights the importance of knowledge first and foremost, right? The Holy Prophet, the founder of Islam, peace be upon him, said the word of wisdom is the lost property of a Muslim, so that wherever he finds it, he should take it as he is most entitled to it. So Islam also highlights the importance of maintaining good company, discipline and punctuality. of course in regards to education and um we'll delve even deeper in in what the islam says uh, but it's uh, learning it's is uh, compulsory uh, upon both men and women um alike and yeah. um of course universities itself has challenges yeah right definitely has um we do have experts on uh, the field and the topic for today uh, our first expert and first guest for today who will be joining us through the phone is uh, Chris Ray um, who is the head of the commercial services and graduate careers uh, expert at prospects um, with this intro i would like to welcome chris assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the drive time show well thank you very much for having me it's a pleasure to be here Thank you very much it's a pleasure to have you on today. Um can you please tell us um about your organization and its aims and and the objectives? Of course, Prospects mission is to provide all students uh, irrespective of where they're studying, what level etc, all, all students in higher education with expert careers information, advice and access to opportunities to help them get to a bright future and we've been doing that for more than 50 years we're a very well established organization we're part of a large education charity called JISC um but we've been pr- providing the same fundamental service to help students and graduates get jobs or go on to further study and equip themselves with the knowledge and skills to make a success in in those fields and and build a bright career we work with all university career services and our website which is uh, prospects.ac.uk regularly has 2 million unique monthly visitors so it's very busy very big and i think one way of describing what we do is to say that we're here to answer the eternal question that students ask which is what can i do with my degree and of course there are many answers to that but one of them is 
actually much more than you realise because the wealth of opportunities that's open to students and graduates is huge. It really, really is. But of course, many students don't understand that. So our job is to help them do it. Okay, wonderful. And and what are the uh, what are some of the initiatives that uh, are taking are taken by you in order to support the students uh, uh, navigate through the process of finding a suitable career for themselves? Yes, well, that all takes place really in and around the Prospects website, um, which is a huge education and informational tool. At the heart of it, there are um, two um, sort of call them software guidance or planning tools called Planner and JobMatch, and they're complementary. Um, they both take the student through a series of reflective questions, getting them to understand what they're interested in, what they might want to do, what motivates them, etc. And once they've done that, we match them up with more than 500 different job profiles based upon their, I suppose, their, their suitability or, or really what people in those jobs, what sort of skills and qualities and attributes they have matched against what the students said about themselves. So, again, it's about opening their eyes and opening their minds and broadening the horizons when it comes to thinking about the kind of things that they might want to do once they've graduated. But really, everything we do is a, a form of navigation aid. We have a lot of advice on essential subjects like writing your CV and a covering letter or completing an application form, preparing for interviews and assessment centres. You know, all the things that really students, when they come into university, have very little knowledge or experience of, quite understandably, but they're all part of the process of developing employability skills. And once they've used all of that material, we then put them in front of jobs and further study opportunities from graduate employers or postgraduate course providers. Uh, and that, at that point, of course, they've been educated, informed, and they're ready to sort of make the right kind of applications and um, to get them into the sort of, into the future, basically. So transition into the future. Hmm. Yeah, Chris, these are some great initiatives, uh, and I'm sure students are benefiting from from those. But uh, what are some of your tips for anyone who's struggling to find their way through university or even higher education? Yeah, of course, that's a really good question, and there, there are two, at least two aspects to that. I think one of them is is a sort of the person experience because. The universities are huge collective enterprises, but it's possible for individuals to feel sometimes isolated or alienated, um, struggling with various issues. Um, and I think given the, the social and economic stresses and strains that they're experiencing at the moment, um, that's even more profound than it normally is. So we believe it's, it's so important that students know that they're not alone. Uh, universities are very well resourced, aren't they? And they're well equipped. I mean, they have entire departments devote, devoted to the student experience. Um, most of them will have a mental health and well-being strategy or charter, for example, and there'll be welfare officers and student well-being advisors and counsellors ready to help. So I know it seems a very obvious thing to say, but it's, it's the same outside of education and inside education. Always be reassured there are people you can talk to, people who will support you, professionals and, and um, lay people as well. Um, so, yeah, don't feel alone because you're not, as a student, you've got a lot of support. So that's yes. the personal aspect. But I think, um, and certainly where, where we have a, a big interest in this, on the professional development, employability, careers planning, we always say, and this is absolutely vital to students, use your career service. The, the career services are incredible institutions. They're devoted to helping students get jobs or go on to further study. They can help with things like part-time work placements, internships, work experience, 
skills development, meeting employers, all of that. And of course, it's within the university for the student, they're free to use. And it's important to remember that once you leave university, it's very well provisioned. Once you leave university, getting that kind of career advice, you'd have to pay a lot of money for them. Yeah. We've, yeah, we've lost count of the number of people who've said, I wish I'd used my career service when I was at university. And I'll be frank with you, I'm one of them. Um, a lot of us who work in this area of, of career advice and guidance didn't necessarily do the right thing um, at the time we were at university, so we've got good reasons to urge students to do that. But career services are absolutely critical. And, then and is that free, is that, Chris, is that free for all students, or how can they uh, get in touch with the career yeah, services? Absolutely. If you're at university, um, it's, it's, just, it's, a, it's a resource that's part of the university experience. So it's simply a case of making yourself known to them, signing up with them when you, when you join university, because they've got resources and advice and, and tips that are relevant to first years, second years, third years, or anybody at any stage. Um, so that's really critical. And, and once you're in that world, um, I think things start to sort of unfold. So you then have advantages such as meeting employers, you go to student job fairs, for example, they'll help you apply for internships. Um, and as a general principle, um, again, in life and study and everything else, it's just to take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way. I think that's so important. Be curious, active and dynamic. Go and seek out opportunities, get yourself known, build networks, get to know employers early on, get to know the people who've been through that experience. Talk to graduates and alumni who've gone down that road before yeah. you. Yeah, because they'll, yeah. they'll help you in your own footsteps, of course. Yeah, Chris, uh, but you know, um, just a different aspect. Um, many students, they also struggle with uh, managing their finances whilst they're studying. Do you offer any advice or help in regards to that area as well? Yes, we, we do. We have pages on our website about student finance, uh, loans, managing budgets, saving money. And we've done videos about it too. And our most recent student survey, which we conducted earlier this year, um, found that Money was the number one challenge for the majority of respondents. Right. It was more than mental health and well-being, more than getting a job or getting a course or getting work experience. It was money. And that's come up very, very fast in the last 12 months. And, of course, it's a reflection of what we call the cost of living crisis, uh, the pressure of inflation, general uncertainty and anxiety. And, of course, it is affecting students. So we do understand the importance of that subject to our audience. And, and yes, we do provide advice and support and information um, as much as we can on that important subject. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Chris, just for, for our listeners, can you just... Uh, so where's this info? I know you mentioned your website earlier. Can you just uh, tell our listeners the website once again or where they can seek help? Of course. It's www prospects.ac.uk Great. Thank you, Chris. It was a pleasure having you on our show today and thank you for all your tips. I'm sure our listeners benefited greatly. Well, thank you very much indeed for having me. Thank you. Uh, yes, that was Chris Re, Head of Commercial Services and Graduate Careers Expert at Prospects. Like, I mean, he's mentioned a few really great tips for students and um, if, they, if students need more, then you can visit the uh, website. The website as well, prospects.ac.uk. I mean, um, very good tips actually from, from Chris that we've received. Um, so if anyone wants to, uh, you know, and they need some sort of help, they can always visit this website because there's always help. Uh, you yeah. know, you should not think that... Uh, 
you're hopeless and there's nothing yeah. to do. One of the tips like Chris gave was do not feel that you're lonely. Yeah. Uh, you don't feel you're alone. Mm. Um, the, the university in itself, they have a lot of different departments that are going to help you mm. in uh, within your student years mm. and even after your student years yep. um, in terms of your career. Mm. Um, they're going to be really helpful. So don't feel alone. You're yeah. not alone. You've got support behind you. Yep. Um, so make use of the support and reach out to these experts. Yeah, th- I mean, because most of the time or lots of people who do not have any guidance, um, you know, they have this fear of making a mistake, maybe choosing the wrong subject, the wrong <coughs> career, etc., etc., because they don't have any tutorship or any, any guidance. So there, there you go. You know, through Chris, we've learned that there is some sort of uh, help available always, and and you should not think that you know you're alone. So um, so that was very interesting, uh, definitely. Um, in in Islam as well, right? Uh, there's a quote that just came into my mind, um, which is very powerful. And Holy Prophet, peace and blessings Allah be upon him, has said that acquire knowledge from the cradle to the grave. So from the day you are born, right, it is compulsory for you to learn um, and, 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 and to, to uh, increase in knowledge, right? And uh, there is also a prayer that most of us, uh, we do, and that is um, to increase our knowledge or to remember something. And that is... Um, my Lord, increase me in knowledge. Rabbi Zidni Ilma. Then, you know, there are sayings of the Holy Prophet where it is not an option for Muslims uh, which is given uh, that you, you know, you may learn if you want because that's good. No, it's it's made compulsory. For example, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has said that whoever Threads a path in search of knowledge, Allah will make easy for him the path of paradise. And then he says that acquire knowledge and teach it to the people. Learn dignity and tranquility and live with them. So, you know, Islam focuses on 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 knowledge at every aspect. Um, and and uh, it is encouraged not just for a specific people uh, or a specific gender, it's 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 for everyone basically men and women but uh let's discuss about um another topic which is uh, also very important um in order to tackle challenges uh, for universities and which is um uh managing time right how um how do we manage time how how do we manage it yeah, so you know, Zakaria, for most students, the university is like the first time they're living alone mm-hmm. and they're managing their own finances, right. especially in a cost of living crisis, mm-hmm. which we're currently at. Inflation is on the high. And according to a study from the Office for National Statistics, more than three quarters of students expressed worry that the increasing costs could negatively impact their academic performance. Okay. So this is also affecting their yep. um their the performance as well. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to be good at making a realistic budget, keeping an eye on spending mm-hmm. and exploring options like scholarship or part-time jobs to ease, ease the financial uh, strain. 
And, you know, obviously, after going from college to university, there can be a big shift um, yeah. in the way you're taught as you're expected to be a lot more independent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, University is more about your being independent and uh, studying yourself apart from obviously going to the lectures. Mm-hmm. You need to go back home and obviously do your own independent studies. Yep. Um, however, there are still a lot of resources that the university will provide you with to help you navigate that change. And as Chris mentioned, that once you go to university, make that step, get in contact um, with uh, with these uh, departments uh, mm-hmm. and get help. Um, so then you will feel uh, at ease, especially after you speak to your professors or your um, assistants. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned some of the Islamic points, right? Um, just going further with that the, the, the holy quran emphasizes the importance of seeking knowledge and it's worth noting that the f- very first word uh, revealed to the holy prophet peace be upon him was iqra which means to read mm-hmm. right so when you're dealing with these academic challenges and this pressure that remember your only pursuit of education isn't just about achieving those high grades right that is a bonus point if you're if you put in the hard work if you try and pray um, for good grades you may achieve them but it isn't just about the grades yep. um, it's also a way to fulfill a say, um, the, uh, your religious obligation mm. uh, that has been given to you by Allah the Almighty right. um, and just by when you're trying to fulfill that obligation you may you will feel more motivation rather than just being motivated by the, the high grades mm-hmm. if you feel to yourself and if you think to your back to yourself that this is a religious obligation upon uh, yourself uh, then that could be a very good source of like motivation for you, yep. and you can feel that that become a strong sense of purpose for yourself. It is. It is really true. I mean, um, for those who have faith in God, right? Um, they, uh, this is something very powerful for us, because um, it, indeed you will succeed if you, you know, work hard. Um, but then it's just one way. And with those who have faith, uh, you know, I can say I have faith and I have believed in God and I have seen God answering my, my, my prayers. Then I have two powers. One, I have to work hard, of course, and I will succeed if I work hard enough. But then there is another power that, um, you know, if if I believe in God, then I ask His help as well because He's the um, omnipotent. He's the the more powerful. He's the one who can give the giver of uh, everything. So if He wants me to succeed, then I will indeed succeed as well. So this is the two powers that we have, and plus it is some sort of um, you know inner satisfaction as well that I'm not alone. It's not just me working hard, but then I have God's help as well. But then you have you should not be um, uh, you, you should not think that you're alone and 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 this is this is what we, what happens right when when you have God with you then you think okay whatever happens God is besides me right but then of course um, you know with with uh, Islam or with any uh, any success that you that you want to achieve you should always remember that you know failure is also something that leads you to success but then it's about failure but if you fail but you just keep going after having failed you know you try again 
and again and again and and you don't give up this is the most important thing when you don't give up then you will definitely succeed um we have um another guest with us uh Jennifer Smith who um is um uh, the, a policy manager at Student Minds Charity assalamu alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the drive time show Thank you so much for having me on today. It's really great to be a part of this show. Thank you very much for joining us today. Um Jennifer, could you please uh, share with our listeners some of the support services you provide for the students? Absolutely. So, um I come from Student Minds, which is the UK's nationwide student mental health charity and it's available our help is available for every student across the country mm-hmm. at the UK higher education institution. And as you know, and as you've spoken to, um starting university, whether it's a new academic year or a whole new course, is a huge life transition and it can be something which is very daunting. So we do provide a lot of support which is available for students. One example of this is our website student space which provides free online and confidential support that is comes in a variety of ways uh, we have a texting service an email service to help find we also partner with other organizations so for instance the muslim youth helpline as well um, to provide muslim students with specific support um, from a faith based perspective as well um, on top of that we have a range of webinars articles worksheets and student experience stories as well so students can really learn about those skills but also know that they're not alone mm-hmm. um and what what would be the first point of contact for any student who is struggling to find their way uh, through university that's a great question so there's a couple of places a student could look for help um so students who are living in accommodation they might have a residential mentor or a resident life team who can assist them but we know as well as lots of students are at home or that might not be an option so another option they have is to go to the advice service at their SU so their students union um their academic department department as well will normally have a member of staff who can help them meet the pastoral support or their personal tutor so there's a real some great options and it does depend from student to student some people will prefer speaking to you know someone they've met and trust and have that relationship with universities also have chaplains and many will have um of course connections with uh very safe communities as well which may be preferable to some students okay, yeah great um, you know Jennifer many surveys have found that more than half of the students they struggle to practice healthy habits and struggle with mental health um during their uh, university life so what are you doing specifically to help and support uh, such students This is a great question. Thank you so much. So, on top of the support I've mentioned already, um uh, which we provide, we do run a number of sessions which are available uh and tri- uh to help students learn the skills to support each other but also look after themselves. So, for instance, we run look after your mate workshops which help students um maybe talk to a friend who they're worried about mm-hmm. um and have that open conversation in a safe way. Um we have a transitions guide as well on our university website which talks about that transition to university and the key things that students are dealing with so maybe adjusting to living in a new city or a new level of academic study. Yeah and lastly Jennifer what are some of the steps that need to be taken in order to teach students positive behavior such as strong emotional competency uh, resilience and decision making? 
Yeah, um, great question. So I really like what you said earlier about how um, failure is a step on the way to success. And I think a big part of this is actually normalizing that uh, starting university can be daunting and you, it's a learning experience and you might not succeed straight away. So it's normalizing that there will be mistakes that you make. You'll learn a lot. You'll find out that you don't like some things and you really like other things and you'll find out what works for you. So it's having that trust and faith that things will work out. Um, being okay with getting things wrong sometimes because yeah. everybody does. Nobody's perfect and normalizing that um, and also not being afraid to talk about it as well and that's easier said than done but a message I really want to share with everybody is it's nothing to be ashamed of if you are struggling or if you're finding university experience difficult um, it's a huge change in your life um, but it, you can like anyone who goes to university they can do it. Uh, it so it's about I suppose not you know forgiving yourself and trusting that even if things are difficult at first, that you can make it through and knowing it's okay to reach out for help if you are really struggling. Yep. Thank you, Jennifer. It was a pleasure having you on our show today and thank you for all your advice and tips. Thank you. And I really appreciate being part of this show and it's great that you're all covering this issue. Thank you very much once again. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. So that was Jennifer, um, policy manager at Student Minds Charity. Yep. Don't be ashamed. Um, if you get something wrong, if you're embarrassed to show that you're you're lonely or helpless, yeah. don't be ashamed. Yeah, don't go be out, ashamed. seek help, mm-hmm. speak to your friends, speak to your family members. Yep. They're there to support you. Yeah, they're not going to um, be like fussed about or or cause issues because mm-hmm. you feel alone, you feel helpless. Yeah, just go and talk to them. Talk That's to the them. first step. That's the first step, and uh, and keep searching, keep learning. Uh, yeah. The thing is, you might feel right um you might not succeed but then when you keep learning uh and especially the internet is full of knowledge i mean and uh, internet has so many websites that could help you to, to succeed and if, for example if you know um if you have not succeeded you want to do something else then you know like like the experts have said you know on the on the call they said you know there's so many opportunities for you to seek mm-hmm. help right so um yeah like you said you know you should not give up um so we have khulud tahir um, munir who is a medical student and also serving in the ahmadiyya muslim Women uh, student association uh, in the central team so with this intro i would like to welcome khulud tahir assalamu uh, alaikum peace be upon you and welcome to the drive time show thank you so much Great to be here. Thank you very much for, for joining us today. Um, Khulud, could you tell our listeners more about the um, uh, about the Ahmadi Muslim Women Students Association? Yes, of course. It's It's been really great to listen to Chris and Jennifer. And um, I think AMSA is also a source of great support for students. So... Um, like you mentioned, AMSA is the Ahmadiyya Muslim Women's Student Association. Um, it's an organization which was founded in 2007 by His Holiness Mirza Musroor Ahmed, who is the current worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And um, AMSA's mission is to be a source of spiritual support and sisterhood for 
um, sort of Ahmadi Muslim women studying at school, college and university. And it's a forum for students to support each other in academia by sharing ideas and knowledge, but also pastorally and socially. Wonderful. And how long have you been a member of uh, this student association? <laughs> so I'm in my fifth year of university and so I've been a member for five years. Oh, wonderful. Um, Initially, I was a member and I really benefited from all the events that AMSA would run. Um, and I knew I just wanted to be part of the team. So in the past couple of years, I've also been on the other end, um, helping to organize some of the events as well. Okay. And uh, what help do they offer to current and future students? Um, so essentially, AMSA is here to connect students um, to be a sort of community for them at university and um, to support them in whatever shape or form that may be. So um, many students who move away from home for university find that through connecting with AMSA they really feel less alone and it just makes the transition so much easier. Um, AMSA offers sort of personal statement checks, we help with interview preparation, um, we work really closely with another department of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, which is called the Amore Talibat Department. Um, in Islam, education is really, really emphasized. So in conjunction with these teachings, um, both AMSA and Amore Talibat um, help students um, in whatever stage of education they're in to really excel and seek knowledge and use that to develop and um, be contribute to society in the best way. Yes, yeah, so Sister Amore Talabat, um, just for our listeners, is the student affairs organisation within the community itself. And, and I believe you, your department, your association works together with them um, to help students. So um, just quickly, how many members do you currently have within uh, the United Kingdom and how do you stay connected with them? Uh, so currently we have 457 students. Um, encompassing various university institutions over the country and we're connected through uni reps, uh, we have subject reps so uh, for medical students, for law students and um, via social media and of course in person at events too. Great. Uh, just leading on from that, um, has uh, AMSA ha- had any um, opportunity to hold any workshop events recently? Yeah, yeah, so just this weekend that has passed, um, AMSA were at the very popular event, the Lajnai Maida National Ishtama. Yeah. Um, that's a sort of academic Olympics of sorts. And um, over the three days, AMSA had a lot going on. We had something called subject talks, um, which were delivered by various graduates and students studying a variety of courses at university. And um, there was an opportunity for prospective students to ask questions. We had a meet and greet. We also had a really entertaining and extremely competitive university yeah. challenge competition. And that was really fun. Yeah, I'm sure uh, the students must have enjoyed it and learned a lot. Um, also, you just you mentioned um, you've been guided by uh, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, uh, may Allah be his helper. And I know that recently... <clears throat> He has given AMSA uh, the the motto of uh, excel in knowledge. Um, 
And I know His Holiness pay, pays great attention towards the education of men and women alike. Can you just tell us about that and how has uh, His Holiness been guiding uh, the AMSA organization? Yes, His Holiness, um, like I mentioned earlier, he has been, he was the founder of AMSA, so he saw the need um, for students at university and college um, for them to be supported and have a sort of sisterhood. So um, he created AMSA for us, and throughout the years, he's been a guiding light um, in all that we do. Um, he delivers, on on various occasions, he's delivered a variety of addresses, um, empowering women to seek education, inspiring them. Um, many students in AMSA find that they have um, a personal connection with His Holiness in personal meetings, um, they're able yes. to ask His Holiness questions um, and he's able to guide them. So um, I, any member of answer that you'll ask, um, they'll tell you that His Holiness has played a massive role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, lastly, from my side, uh, what would you say to anyone who's thinking to joining the association but they aren't sure uh, what are the main benefits of these associations? So AMSA is a brilliant space um, to connect with like-minded individuals, to forge lifetime friendships and to sort of really organize events together to support each other. I feel like um, at university we're all sort of going through the same thing. So it's really nice and sort of very empowering to be able to run events for students as students. And um, it's a place where our voices really count. Um, mm. We can implement changes, um, and we can we can implement changes that can really make a huge impact. So I'd say definitely um, contact your AMSA rep and get involved. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Khulud, uh, for joining us and answering our questions and. Uh, giving us an insight of the Ahmadiyya Muslim uh, Women's Students Association. Thank you. Jazakallah. Sorry, thank you for having me. Thank you very much. May Allah bless you. Um, so this was Khulud Tahir Munir, a medical student and also serving in the AMSA Central Team. Um, I mean, um, I just remember that uh, um, so I was, as an Ahmadiyya Muslim, I was preaching uh, recently and uh, there was a lady uh, that I was preaching to. Uh, I mean, not everyone goes through a perfect life. So she uh, had some struggles in her life. And, um, but then I just reminded her that Islam is such a beautiful religion that, you know, it, um, it, first of all, God Almighty commanded us, right, to pray in congregation that which means that go and and get together yeah. right and sometimes what happens is if you go through a lot of problems but you go for the purpose of worshiping the creator and you get to meet others as well the benefit for that is you for that moment do forget about the the worries you have but then when you go and and meet your brothers and sisters let's say they you know would like help you as well but if you just stay in in a closed environment environment, just within yourself it it becomes difficult right so this is uh, just just the philosophy of prayers right Uh, or religious gatherings 
if you just think how beneficial that is it's it's incredible but then uh, just not just w- with prayers uh, the ahmadi muslim community actually has so many we have the women's association then youth women's association then the the elderly women association as in those who are adults then for the men's side as well for the the youth for the for for the youngsters then for the elderly as well and there are so many events happening so many things happening which basically allows the community members to come together and do things together yeah, we learn so many things from it and this is one of the things of course uh, that the ahmadi muslim community is is doing which is the ahmadi muslim women's citizens association where you know they get together and they uh, get to do stuff that benefits themselves as well and the others mm-hmm. as well and uh, just you know going back to what i was saying that you know all these things if you get involved you know eventually you will slowly slowly you know uh go through the difficulties but then others can help you out as well because you're not alone yep. you know everyone goes through difficulties and uh you know everyone can share their bit as well where you find some sort of comfort one you have comfort in worshiping of god almighty when you go for for prayers um and the other thing is that you go and and meet your brothers and sisters Yeah. who then give you support as well. So this is the you know from my side as well. I mean, I thought the benefits of of gatherings, the benefits of, yeah. of prayers, I thought, you know, this is something which is beneficial. <coughs> But this is for everyone as well. I mean, uh, the internet is uh, the reason I always refer to the internet is because that's the first thing you have hmm. in in front everyone of you. Has everyone to has it, access yeah. to it. So if you you know are going through difficulties if you want to succeed in your uh you know the challenge that you're going through or will have then just go and find help and there is always help available people there are communities there are organizations that can help you so do not just hesitate and and never give up i'll say um Yeah also is this something it's not just we're echoing but it, we're not just saying it but even our experts just previously Chris and Jennifer they both said the same that um networking friends family yeah. is is important is very crucial mm-hmm. in your university life mm-hmm. and in fact a study published in the Sage journal involving first year university students from six Canadian universities discovered that making strong quality friendships significantly improved their ability to adapt to university life mm-hmm particularly for those living on campus. Mm-hmm. Um and you know the uh, the mental well-being of university to- students has taken center stage in in the recent years. Mm-hmm. And that's not surprising. You know the House of Commons research briefing found that the number of students reporting mental health conditions in the years 2020 and 21 was nearly seven times higher than it was just a decade ago. Yeah. Um and just coming back to it um obviously worship is in uh, It's, it's it's a command of the religion yeah. and when you go to go pray in congregation uh, you know you meet brothers and sisters um, and you make this uh, long lasting relationship with them yeah. and even i remember from my young days when i was uh, just even in high school right and i used to come to the mosque um, every day to mm-hmm. to pray and of course we had many other activities going on within the mosque um, we used to play badminton together volleyball mm-hmm. uh, and you know the friendship i had created in those days yeah. um, 
I still have that friendship. Right. And I can turn back to those individuals, even though our life paths have differed. Mm-hmm. They went to a different career path. I went to a different career path. Mm-hmm. But we still have that friendship. Yep. And if I was if I was to face any challenges, I know I can go back to those friends that yep. I created uh, uh, like 10, 12 years ago yeah. and ask them for help and seek yeah. their advice. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes they're, they're better uh, in understanding uh, or, and they might know that the problem I'm going through, they might have been through the same problem. Yep. So they can help mm. and they do help, of course. Yeah. So take that and take that no, uh, advice from even our experts and um if you're going through challenging times in your your university life your college life um then speak to you first and foremost your family members your parents your brother sisters and your friends and your friends as well but then the ahmadi muslim community is open to everyone as well i mean yep. if you would like to have you know you, you need any sort of help then you can reach our community as well and then you know out from our side as well we could we could help you out as well uh if you're going through any difficulties um well um islam also uh it deals with lots of social issues yeah um when it comes to dealing with social challenges as a university student it's all about staying true to your faith while managing Uh, the difficulties and com- contemporary social life right um one of the ways you can do that is by having good friends and keeping good company um having good company having y- and knowing what is good for you and what is bad for you is extremely important so you cannot just think that uh, every person will be beneficial for you i mean not everyone has the same sort of thinking yeah um so you should uh, be careful of um, you know who you're seeking help from or what your friend cycle is because that will also affect your success because there are for example people um you know uh, and everyone is made weak um not everyone is perfect so if you see um uh, when you see and when you want to succeed in something but then uh, your friends for example drag you ba- down mm. and they don't allow you for example uh, to succeed because you have some sort of they have some sort of activities happening which uh, which doesn't allow you to uh, you know exceed in mm. your studies it just goes with the same the, the saying that if there's three people in the room yeah. and they they all lazy mm-hmm. and um, they lack motivation mm-hmm. you'll be the fourth one right if yeah. you enter that room and stay in that company yeah. but if you're in a room of three people that are highly motivated they're mm-hmm. practicing their religion and they um they want success yeah. you'll be the fourth person that will be on the same path as That's them it. right yeah. so keeping and having a good company everyone's mind and in and intellect can tell which company is good for them mm. something that's dragging them away from let's say their religion mm. or their faith they can they their heart tells them right yeah. this person is not a good company for me mm-hmm. i shouldn't stay yeah. longer um in their company of course you can still in university of course you'll you'll find both types of people but you need to understand yourself which company is good for you mm. it doesn't mean you completely not talk to them of course if you're in yeah. the class with them you're sitting with them engage in the conversation mm. uh, but then let's say you, there should be a cut off point right you say i need to go study now or i need to do extra uh, studies or revise for your exams 
And uh, if they're stopping you, then of course you, you should set the boundaries um, and you yourself need to make the decision which company is good for you and which company is bad, is for, bad you. for you. Yeah. Because like you said, um, when it, when it's time to study and when you're realizing that you're wasting time, right? You, sh- you know, maybe your friends might say that, you know, wh- why are you always studying? I mean, there's no, you know, you can study the last few hours, you know, you'll pass, don't worry, etc., etc. But then you should know what is beneficial for you and what is not what is harmful for you and what is beneficial for you yep. so if you think that uh, hanging out with your friends when you should be studying mm-hmm. is wrong then you should you know step up and you should go and study and uh, uh, your success will then give answer to your friends for example who were dragging you down let's say uh, but then you know maybe your friends could ha- uh you know take a lesson from you as well for example mm-hmm. when it's time to le- learn to time to um uh work hard they might also start working hard yeah, as be well be the I motivation mean, for be them be the well. motivation be the role model yeah that they they should look up to and be mm-hmm. like yeah he's our role model yeah. and we should follow him rather than uh, dragging him away from yeah. let's say motivational success exactly um they should become uh they should be looking up towards you definitely and You know, when giving an address to the Muslim youth organization of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmed, uh, may Allah be his helper, he said that if you keep poor company, you will pick up bad habits such as lying, needlessly quarreling, or even fighting instead of acting truthfully and being kind and considerate. And so make friendships with people who are sincere, who are honest, and who are not involved in any immoral or senseless activities. Mm. Right. This goes to show the importance of keeping good company yep. as making friends with people who are sincere and honest. Those habits will be translated over to you as well and to people around you. Yeah. I mean uh, also we uh, discussed about mental health as well. I mean if you go through a lot of difficulties and you don't know how to cope with it and you, you can have mental health and it's a natural thing. Yep. And in regards to this um um his holiness states that mental health issues such as depression are an illness like any other and so they should be di- diagnosed and treated properly no one should make fun of those suffering or take it lightly seek repentance from allah and do your five daily prayers then allah removes these difficulties again um from this we we can learn and tell that uh, we need to treat the mental health issues with the same seriousness as any other physical illness um and his holiness also encourages to seek professional help but also uh apart from professional help as i said you know we have the worldly help as well but b- besides that we have god almighty has created us and he is the the creator of everything and he is the helper and he can he can help us with any situation we're going through so we should not forget our purpose of life and you know as muslims as believers we believe that our purpose of life is uh to fulfill the rights of god almighty mm-hmm. that is through worshiping god and remembering god um and and that is very very important that you should go and and, and seek help from god almighty by offering you five daily prayers this is what you know muslims do um you know we have been prescribed the five daily prayers which keeps you consistent 
yeah. in 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 the connection with God Almighty. It's not with like any other faith where you know you have been told to go and it's been given an option to go once a week yeah. or once a month or once in 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 in, in a trimester right it's it's something that is made compulsory and it's also a pillar of islam so a pillar of your faith that in order to um be strong in your faith and strong in the belief in god almighty it is uh, compulsory for us to uh, stay in touch with god almighty and that is through our daily prayers the five daily prayers and through that you will find comfort you know the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him and he said that qurratu uh, aini fi salat which means that uh, the the light of my eyes is the prayer yeah um you know it it gives you when you pray it feels like all the problems of your life has yep. just just vanished and then imagine doing this five times daily it, it makes you disciplined as well mm. and and also when you seek help with my own personal experience with yours as well you see that when you seek help to for example oh god help me with the difficulties i'm going through god really helps you and makes you disciplined as mm-hmm. well you know through the prayers as well and you 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 you're not you uh, prayers is also something that mm-hmm. holds you um or or prevents you from doing anything immoral or anything that wastes time um but yeah i mean uh we are coming towards the end of the, yeah, the you know, break exactly just to pick up on that um um university life let's be honest it yes. is a challenging time it is definitely um, but students just take this opportunity you know when they're facing challenges mm-hmm. they should bow more towards god almighty allah yep. the almighty and pray to him uh, for help yep. yeah and I think if students do that within their university life or their education education life yep. um they will establish a relationship with mm-hmm. God Almighty mm-hmm. and you know God Almighty will help in such mysterious ways yeah. f- with their w- with their studies and their uh, challenges that they will feel ease they'll yeah. feel content right Definitely. so and like we mentioned before it's not about just achieving the highest grades it's a religious obligation upon uh muslims and non-muslims alike or, or, like religion religion teaches you um to go out and seek knowledge yep and if that becomes a motivation for them um, yep. that my religion is commanding me to go and seek knowledge then um that is the best motivation one is can get motivation. and yeah. of course we've got so many tips throughout our hour um from experts as well and we've given um our islamic perspective as well on how to deal with mm-hmm. uh, issues of social issues as well as mental health issues yeah and these issues are uh, out there that's why islam has given important guidance on them mm-hmm. and um of course try in your university life try and keep good company create good friends um and seek help when you need help yeah definitely so going through the universities like embarking on a unique journey filled with ups and downs it's not just about getting good grades but more about how you handle the twists and the turns while involving as a person and also um you know always remember that there is a creator there's god who is always beside you so for those who are a believer a muslim or not believer you can always turn towards our creator who would be by your side to help you 
So we are at the end of today's show and let's listen to uh, do, do not go anywhere and here is the five o'clock news. <laughs> Ashafi, the healer, is a divine attribute of God Almighty. Man must always remember that God is the source of all healing. And when prayer becomes a source of such miraculous healing through the will of God, a believer makes great progress in faith, in the oneness of God and His dominion over creation. And he is reminded of his purpose in life, which is to continue to progress and advance in spirituality. In certain conditions, people afflicted with certain illnesses seek adequate medical care at advanced facilities, yet they may or may not recover. Similarly, in underdeveloped countries, it has been observed that many afflicted with illnesses do not have the facilities or the resources to seek medical help. Yet they recover as though miraculously through the power of prayers. This proves that it is indeed God, the healer, who has the power to grant healing and health. And a believer has firm faith on this attribute of Allah. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said to a physician, You are only a soother to your patient. Its physician is he who has created him. People afflicted with illnesses should never think that visiting a certain doctor or a certain hospital is what will become the cause of their cure. But it is only God's grace and mercy that will provide them with relief to complete health. The doctor only plays the role of a medium or providing treatment, which can only be beneficial if God so wills. And that is the reason why prayers are required at every step of the way. God has provided a cure for every illness, and many herbs and insects contain cures, even snake venom. One such example is that of the honeybee. And to describe the medical properties of honey, the Holy Quran has used the term, therein is a cure for men. 
If we dwell upon the Qur'an, it was through revelation that an ordinary bee was instructed the way and the process to make honey, a cure for physical ailments. And in fact, all animals are guided in a similar way. In reality, revelation is essential for every activity. Therefore, how can man reject the value of this divine scheme? The promised Messiah on whom be peace said that a worldly man believes that his own efforts suffice him to achieve success in all his endeavors. But we must remember that without supplication there is no success. And what we achieve as a result of this supplication is also a type of revelation. Just like medicine alone cannot cure, it is important to follow the directions of usage and proper way of administering it. Similarly, the guidance is present, but people do not know how to follow it. The promised Messiah on whom be peace has said that many who have entered the Jamaat were those who indulged in all sorts of bad habits before their pledge of allegiance. Yet, after joining the Jamaat, this has brought about a great change in their habits and keep a great desire to cleanse themselves of all bad habits. These are the clear indications that today the only way to salvation is through the promised Messiah on whom be peace. Therefore, believers should rejoice that they are the heirs to the promises contained in the Holy Qur'an and the results of these promises will be in their favor. A new station, The Voice of Islam, with live discussions, religion and culture, Understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim in the name of Allah, the most gracious, ever merciful. Um, peace be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show on the Voice of Islam. In the previous hour, we were discussing about the university challenges, um, how to navigate yourself to success. Um, in this hour, we will be discussing about self-control. Um, because if you do not control yourself, if you do not govern your passions, uh, they will govern you. Um, in light of this topic, we will be discussing um, the fourth condition of bath. So bath is the initiation uh, that someone does when uh, he or she becomes and enters uh, into the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and accepts the promised Messiah, uh, Hazrat Mizar Ghulam Ahmed, peace be upon him, as the Messiah that uh, all the majority, all the major religions are waiting for. And he laid down 10 conditions of the initiation to become a an Ahmadiyya, as we are Ahmadiyya Muslim community. And this fourth condition, so from, from the 10 conditions, fourth condition will actually you know 
will actually tell you how you should control yourselves and how you could be a perfect human being by you know following these conditions um brother what is the condition what is the fourth condition that the promise of al islam peace be upon him has laid down to us the fourth condition is as follows and i quote that under the impulse of any passions he or she shall cause no harm whatsoever to the creatures of god in general and muslims in particular neither by his or her tongue hands nor any other means right and uh, you know this goes this topic the second hour topic that we we're discussing it goes really well in hand in hand with our previous topic mm-hmm. um because if you do not have any sort of self control you may be um drifted away from uh, your faith and your religion yep. um and into bad company right so it is clear from this condition that one should not cause harm whether by by one's hand or by one's tongue in a fit of anger under the pretext of one's self respect or honor mm-hmm. right and it, clearly it is mandatory that uh, one should not harm any muslim this has been made obligatory upon us like um, uh, allah the almighty states in surah ali imran chapter 3 verse 135 um allah the almighty states that those who spend in prosperity and in adversity and those who suppress anger and pardon men and allah loves those who do good right. so in this verse is is really apparent that you should have some sort of self control yep. and um when you are in a state of anger mm-hmm. um you need to be able to control that anger mm-hmm. and you need to be able to forgive and pardon um the, uh, the other person in the opposite mm. and it was by virtue of this uh, verse that a slave of hazrat imam hussein uh, peace be upon him won his freedom it is said that the slave uh, dropped something hot it could have been water on hazrat hussein uh, peace be upon him he looked at him angrily the slave was intelligent and knew the holy quran as well he promptly quoted the part of the verse about the suppression of anger and the, the verses as follows and those who suppress their anger mm. hazrat hussein said that you are right i suppress my anger now the servant thought that though the anger had been brought under control yeah. it was still remained in his heart it was possible that he would uh, be chastised uh, for some other mistake later he so he quoted the second part of the the, the verse which was and those who pardon men mm-hmm. hazrat hussein said i have forgiven you So the slave's knowledge and promptness gave him immediate benefits and now he quoted the third part of the the verse which was as follows and Allah loves those who do good. <laughs> so Hazrat Hussain responded I hey I hereby grant you freedom. <laughs> and so just because of the the whole the the, the slave he was he knew um, about these verses and he was well acquainted with them he was able to uh, be free. Not just the been forgiven just be forgiven because of his mistake but also been freed from uh, from quoting these verses yeah. actually and you know especially in those days right uh, slaves used to be bought and it was not possible to gain one's freedom yeah. uh, so easily mm-hmm. uh, obviously people would uh, the amount of slaves they had they would consider themselves that that was their wealth right yeah. obviously being having a lot of slaves and mm-hmm. um it was so a custom it's like it a, was a custom back in uh, yeah. arabia Uh, and the slave's quick wittedness of uh, and knowledge got him freedom from his master who was god-fearing mm. and this 
in fact is the teaching of Islam yeah i mean uh, the teachings of Islam is actually uh so perfect that if it's followed hmm. then you basically um are the most just person on earth because you know eventually <laughs> a slavery was something which was an arabian custom and uh, and we have to remember that slavery was nothing which was uh, you know taught by islam islam in fact and and the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him he always taught uh his followers and that you know every moment you free a slave allah will grant you jannah or the heaven yeah. and he used to emphasize on freeing slaves so much so that um it was incredible that at one time you know uh, companions w- would uh, um free hundreds of slaves or or, or 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 dozens of slaves i mean at the same time just yeah. by hearing what the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him uh, said you know he uh, companions used to free all of the slaves so he was the one that basically the champion of freeing mm. the slaves uh and and getting rid of the custom that they had mm. because when you have slaves there is no um a justice you can say yeah. because uh you have an, you have someone who's uh uh the, the owner of the slave this it, it doesn't make sense right mm. um because you have to treat them in such a way or they were treated in such a way before islam that was uh, immoral you can say but there, therefore you know uh, the holy prophet always taught us these things and the holy quran itself is a is a guidance to it as well yeah. so the, the because of the knowledge and mm. we can link this with the previous hour as well because of the knowledge that the slave had of the quran um you know he reminded his owner that look this is what the quran Context, teaches yeah. us and if you follow the quran you, you know you will have to sli- mm. you know free me right and this is um this is the teaching of islam as you said yeah yes of course we're talking about self control mm-hmm. and there's a very um or like a narrate like a short story here yeah that mm-hmm. um stories are always, you, always 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 fun <laughs> it's about self control okay. and uh, what's inside you that's right. important right mm-hmm. if you have if you take an orange and you squeeze the orange as hard as you can right what's going to come out of it juice orange juice right yep. Yep. so if you squeeze as hard as you can apple juice is not going to come out of that orange mm. orange juice is going to come yeah, out yeah so if you squeeze an apple yeah nothing yeah, yeah so one, it's one. the same but with, maybe few droplets <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if you squeeze orange juice orange juice is going to come out okay so when someone is being harsh to you or someone's doing things that are going to make you angry right and in retaliation you will respond with anger yep why is that coming out is because that's inside you yeah if you have good inside you but you can change that yep. right if someone's being angry towards you if someone says uh, abusive words to you and you respond in the same manner it's because that's something that's inside you yeah you you need to change that yourself mm-hmm. you need to think about what your your, your religion teaches you yep. think about what islam teaches you yeah these verses are apparent that yeah. you should try and suppress your anger yep. uh, at such times so you need to change yourself in a way that if someone does behave with you in an inappropriate manner yep. or is abusive towards you you need to try and reply with kindness and compassion yep all right and 
that is once you start practicing that that's all you're going to have inside you yeah. that anytime you hear such words mm-hmm. uh, or hear such language mm-hmm. or hear hateful words mm-hmm. um you should you would try and respond in a calm manner you would try to hold your anger and suppress your anger right it's a um you know you can melt people's hearts it doesn't matter how hard they might be how hard someone's heart might be you can change someone by not responding um because you know i was just watching i, was, I think it was a uh, ted talks i oh, know just uh, just an experiment that uh, a motivational speaker was giving uh so he showed and he called uh, the one of the of uh, someone from the audience and said okay let's test this out and he said to the the, the woman that uh, okay so what i'll try to do is whatever i've said is that it you know if you do not respond mm-hmm. in a wrong way or in the same way to someone if he's cursing you if he's abusing you etc etc you'll see that you you will be you will be able to change that person on the spot Mm. and uh, what what he tried is okay then he said okay you can curse me say me whatever you want okay but i want to cha- i'm going to change your mind right so this this individual this lady then okay started cursing and started saying a lot of bad words and in response what uh, the 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 speaker was you know, would do is say good stuff about right. th- this girl yeah. and she tried it once <laughs> twice third time and she said i give up i i mean i cannot carry on you know saying this uh these uh you know f- uh, 40 words to you and then basically you can change someone make someone softer by just responding in a a, a beautiful way and i believe i don't remember the arabic words but um the holy prophet also said that when an ignorant um curses you or abuses your abuse uh, or uses abusive word just say assalamu alaikum or yeah. say salam or just say peace be upon you right and this yeah. is the teaching of the holy prophet peace and blessings Allah be upon him and, and and remember that at one occasion the holy prophet peace and blessings Allah be upon him he he, s- s- he was sitting with uh, with the companions and a badwan came and he started to curse the holy prophet um and very very foul language because you know some people you know they they didn't have any boundaries uh yeah. they didn't have any manners but then uh, because out of love um the first caliph of islam uh hazrat abu bakr uh peace be upon him uh may Allah be his helper he then responded in the same way and uh, immediately at that time when he started responding Uh, the holy prophet stood up and went and then afterwards uh, hazrat abu bakr went up to him and said uh, um is there anything that i have done which has hurted you he said uh, yes you know i sat down there peacefully and um this individual you know starting uh, to say bad words against me that's fine uh, you know the angels were responding on my behalf Mm. So that's why I kept calm. So my task is to stay calm and not respond in the same way that uh the, the the this individual did. But the moment you you know responded, angels went away. 
So the moment they went away, then I, um, you know, I did not find it okay to stay seated at that place. Yeah. Um, so that's why he he went away. And this is uh, beautiful, you know. Every step of the Holy Prophet is a life lesson for us. That you know, it can really, really, really change, you know, people, and uh, it can change you as well. Because the moment you respond, right, the anger comes into you, and you become arrogant as well. But if you make yourself humble, right, you know, you will be the cause of changing others as well and changing the world as well. Yeah, you're right. <clears throat> Just um, adding on, and you know, um, it's important that we adopt forgiveness yeah, and indeed. forbearance. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, um, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, states that a bad deed should be requited with an equal amount and in situations where forgiveness of sin is corrective, without causing any harm, that is, forgiveness is granted. When the occasion warrants and not otherwise, then it merits reward. And this is from the book, A Philosophy of the Teachings of Islam, page 351. And, you know, it just shows that when someone is um, doing bad to you and um, causing you harm, if it's, if it's possible for you to, do, uh, to adopt forgiveness, then that is the best of rewards that you can receive yep. um, in return of their anger or their yep. um, abusive uh, behavior. Yeah, if, if, if it will be a lesson for them. Um, but sometimes when you just stay quiet and don't respond, not in the same way, then maybe they will not learn anything. You know, at, at some moments, it's better to respond and correct them if they're wrong. Yeah. But in, in, in a way that they will understand because... But if you know it's going to lead um, any harsh reply from your side, yeah. if, you, if you know it's going to lead to an even uh, worse outcome or if it's going to make the situation worse, then you should, shouldn't respond. Shouldn't respond. Yeah. It's better for you to stay quiet at that moment then. Yeah. Um, then regarding... This uh, there's a beautiful and clear explanation given by the Holy Prophet, um, who has said that do not be jealous of one another, do not quarrel among yourselves, do not entertain malice against each other, do not have enmities against one another. None of you should overbid on a contract that has been settled by the other. O servants of Allah. Be brothers to one another. A Muslim is a brother to another Muslim. He does not oppress his brother. He does not derogate him or nor thinks low of him. Then uh, the Holy Prophet pointing towards the chest and his, his, his chest, he said three times, Taqwa, Taqwa, Taqwa is here. You know, Taqwa means forbearance, um, you know, true fear of God Almighty, our Creator, abstinence, um, is here. It is enough evil for a man to think low of his brother. The blood, property and honor of every Muslim are unlawful to another Muslim. I mean, we have to remember this as well, that we do mention Muslim is because the society you live in, or the society they used to live in, was a society of Muslim brothers and sisters. But then, in other occasions as well, he said, you know, others or anyone, right? 
you should give the rights to everyone because we have to remember that the Holy Prophet, his message, um, he came for the whole mankind. As, yep. as you know, for those who are Muslim, uh, they know the terminology. Uh, they know the, uh, the terminology, Rahmatulil Alameen, the mercy of the, for the whole mankind. So the Holy Prophet came for the whole mankind to unite the whole mankind. So his message is not just for Muslims, but also for, for everyone. So, you know, uh, this is this is a universal message that we have received from 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 uh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings Allah be upon him. Um, but then, the Holy Prophet also, you know, said that do not cause harm to anyone. And at one occasion, he said uh, he stated that to not be jealous. Um, because jealousy ultimately develops into enmity. A person who has jealousy in his heart always wants to harm the person of whom he is jealous. He wants better. He wants the same thing as his brother or sister. Or, you know, in fact, you would not consider that person as your brother or sister because when you have jealousy for your brothers and sisters, you want the best. You don't mm. want the same thing. Yeah. Even if you want the same thing, you would. You, Whatever you have and they don't have, you want to give it to them, right? So uh, jealousy is a, a type of disease that while it causes harm to the other person, it also consumes the person who is jealous. Mm. Um, I mean, jealousy gives rise to many other pretty feelings of spite, such as why the other person has a better business, uh, has more wealth or, or is, has more talented children. Um, and, and this reminds me of a, a, a meme. Do you call it a meme? Or, yeah. Or, or a picture? Go for it. Yeah. So you've probably seen that as well. There's one, uh, there's, there's someone who, uh, someone sees someone going with a helicopter, right? And he himself has a Ferrari. He says, I wish I had a Ferrari. And the guy sitting in the Ferrari next to it, Next to him, you know, there is a guy who has a, a normal car, car right? Uh, a cheap car. He said, I wish I had this Ferrari. And then a person on uh, a bike sees this person as an, a, a bicycle who's in this car. That I wish I had a car. And then uh, someone who's walking says, I wish I had a cycle. Yeah. And then someone who doesn't have, you know, legs. And he's, yeah, he's unable to walk. Bit, uh, able to walk at all, he says. I wish I could walk. Yeah. I mean, the the best thing for you to see is always down. Hmm. Then you will be grateful of whatever you have. You know, when you go look down, you'll be grateful for everything you have. Yeah. And uh, this will get rid, hopefully, get rid of jealousy as I well. I think yeah, I we've ha we have the habit of looking at what people above us yeah. have, uh -huh. right? And in terms of that, we create that jealousy. Hmm. I wish we had that, or uh, but. A lot of the times we don't look at what we have, but what our, you know, just being able um, to, let's say, see, walk, be able to hear and speak these these uh, these things. Um, we should even be thankful and grateful for mm. for to Allah the Almighty yep. um, for these blessings. Mm -hmm. And um, already we're, we're fortunate than some people that we are able to. Um, see and walk and do the things in our day-to-day -day lives hmm. where whereas some people are unfortunate and um, whereas uh, it's a human nature 
to look above and uh, try compete and try to uh, excel better whereas in some some ways um it could be a means of motivation looking um at these people who are successful yep. who are uh, they have more luxuries in life mm-hmm. um and it can become a means of motivation for them to to also do good yep. and to become as successful um but we got we have to remember our primary purpose of why we're here uh, um, in this world which is to primarily um worship Allah the Almighty and to fulfill the rights of his creation. Yep. Uh, regardless of how rich you are, regardless of how uh, the wealth you have, if you do not uh, fulfill these fundamental rights, um uh, then obviously you're questioning your hereafter. Yeah. Uh, whether you are going to be promised paradise. Mm-hmm. If a person is wealthy and he's rich and and he doesn't he doesn't share his wealth or he doesn't help humanity mm-hmm. with the wealth he has. um because just worshiping god almighty isn't sufficient on its own yeah because you need to be uh, fulfilling the rights of his creation as well yeah. they both go hand in hand yeah if you do do not fulfill the rights of his creation yeah then you cannot expect your prayers to be to accepted to be accepted right yeah. and uh, so obviously because you are successful god almighty has given you um this this success this mm-hmm. wealth it's your objective it should be your purpose to also help those that are unfortunate yep. and of course um it just goes hand in hand with yeah wonderful um so the, the principle the principles that's laid down by islam for establishing world peace is something which is very interesting to know about and um his holiness the fourth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mirza tahir ahmed uh may allah have mercy on him actually explained what um the principle is uh what the principle is of establishing world peace in, uh, in in line with islam so let's listen to uh this answer of his holiness and the concept of justice is absolute in islam so unless absolute justice is exercised and exercised and is established regardless of uh, the relationship between you and the one on whom you are passing judgment this is the fundamental for establishing peace secondly the fundamental for establishing world peace is mentioned in the very name of islam islam means not only peace but a message or a behavior of peace conduct of peace towards others this is why islam is best explained in the last sermon of hazrat sallallahu alaihi wasallam during hajjul wida in that sermon he explained islam completely and particularly he laid stress on this aspect that from now on every human being is saved from you his honor is saved his property is saved his life is saved and that is islam so if anybody is hurt in any manner by a muslim 
to that extent he, he loses his Islam. And if the world gets this message, everyone honors another man's rights and his property and his possessions and his honor and everything that belongs to him, then peace is automatically established because that individual behavior ultimately develops into a national behavior, a national outlook. But if individuals are selfish and are not taught to respect the other's rights, then ultimately the nations grow into monsters and they trample upon other nations' rights and they don't consider it as injustice. They think justice is only treating your own people justly within the sphere of your geographical or political country. While as I told you earlier, Islam presents the concept of absolute justice. This means regardless of what the color be of the people or their nationality or the state of their wealth or poverty, your relationship with such a people, whenever you dispense justice, dispense justice with just, uh, injustice justly, keeping Allah in view, that is absolute justice. Because all these things are lacking, so there can't be any guarantee for world peace. It is heading for a great task today, which may be witnessed by this generation because I see it's coming very close to mankind. This is a subject on which I spoke in Switzerland when I addressed, during my last visit to Europe, when I addressed the Swiss people. This was the main subject of my address. You can read the book and, and the lecture and you will find all the references in the Holy Quran on this particular aspect. No, it's not a book, it's a small uh, address lecture which uh, I think was published in the Review of Religions as well. Is it in booklet form available? I think so. Check up, find out from the mosque. We will have it if, if it is published. Otherwise, you can find out in which review of religion edition it was published. So you were just listening to uh, the answer of the question, which was, uh, what is the principles, um, or, or what principles are laid down by Islam for establishing world peace? A beautiful answer indeed. Um, you know, His Holiness, uh, you know, mentioned about the last sermon or the last guidance that the Holy Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has given, and I would like to read a portion, a portion of this sermon that he has given. And this is a, a lesson for the whole mankind. And that is, and he says that all mankind is from Adam and Eve. An Arab has no superiority over a non-Arab, nor a non-Arab has any superiority over an Arab. Also, a white has no superiority over a black, nor a black has any superiority over a white except by piety and good action. Learn that every Muslim is a brother to every Muslim and that a Muslim constitute one brotherhood. Nothing shall be legitimate to a Muslim which belongs to a fellow Muslim unless it was given freely and willingly. So from this we learn that 
you know, the last sermon of uh, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, uh, who gave, who explained us that, you know, we should, n- of, of being a Muslim, or being an Arab, or being a white, we should not think that we are, uh, you know, uh, more or better than someone else. Right? He said he explained that. An Arab is no better than a non-Arab. Uh, a white is no better than a black, and vice versa. So it, you know, beautifully explains us and and ends racism, and ends any sort of um, arrogance that we have. You know, that you know, no one is better, and if you are better in the eyes of God Almighty, is your good works or your good deeds, and 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 the status that you have in the world has nothing to do with your connection with God Almighty or your connection with with the with the Almighty um, because all the deeds that you do in this world matters in the hereafter and this is what the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah upon him has, has taught us um, I mean and this is what in short what His Holiness has explained us in his in his um, uh, answer to the yeah. question yeah, and it just goes to show that at the end of the day, we're all the creation of God Almighty, um, and we're all equal in the sense that we're, we're His creation, regardless mm-hmm. of our mm-hmm. color, our nationalities, yeah. our religion. At the end of the day, we have the common similarity of of being human beings. Yep. Right. So that should be a focal point for us all when treating others. Mm-hmm. That the other is also other person is also a human being like us, mm-hmm. and the way we treat them, the, the way we speak to them, um, is going to affect them as well. Yeah. And you know, then the Holy Prophet, uh, the founder of Islam, peace be upon him, uh, admonishes us not to quarrel with each other. Yep. Quarrels take place at times over uh, small petty matters. Yep. And to give an example, sometimes an officer on duty mm, warns a child who has been mischievous in a gathering that if he were to do it again, he would be dealt with firmly or be corrected. And the parents sitting nearby immediately roll up their sleeves for a fight. And the person performing the duty is put down in a terrible way because obviously he kind of told their child in a way. Mm -hmm. So he's been put down. Uh, because of his actions. So through this action of theirs, they not only broke a condition of bed and spoiled their good manners, they also banished from the minds of their next generation the respect for the organization of the Jamaat and the distinction between good and bad. Yeah, so right. these are the things. If you do that, you basically go against the the condition, the this condition, condition spe- especially uh, the fourth condition of uh, the initiation that you have done. And when you do s- these kind of terrible acts, you're basically disrespecting the organization or the teachings of the promised Messiah. Um, and, and and you do not care about your initiation, right? When you enter a uh, the Ahmadi Muslim community, right, it's um, it, it, or any faith, and you have uh, true belief in that faith, you cannot just expect that you just enter, you know, and and that's it. Um, you don't have to do anything. No, the the ten conditions that the promised Messiah has laid down is for the own benefit, 
and that is the benefit for that is to become a true um, follower of the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and to be a true you know believer a true believer in Islam now then we have also been directed not to have enmity towards each other and from the example of uh, Hazrat Hussain that we gave that you know he um, th- his slave did a mistake but then uh, because he was a learned he then uh, pointed him towards the verses of the Holy Quran that eventually led him to le- uh, the freedom right so and and uh, Islam teaches you not to have any sort of en- enmity and enmities they start from you know small matters hearts are filled with spite and malice uh, some people are always on the lookout for the opportunity to avenge uh, someone while the instruction is not to have any enmity in Islam not to have any malice for for anyone right um now, when you look at the the teachings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, in his time there was a companion um, who humbly asked the Holy Prophet uh, to give him a simple but a unforgettable advice in a few words. And upon hearing this question, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, advised him to shun anger, to get rid of anger. Never be angry. And then again he said, shun anger. When you keep in your mind that you should shun anger, then malice and spite will go away automatically. So he used to guide people according to their behaviors or the the, the bad habits that they have. You know, sometimes there was another uh, companion who pretty much asked the same sort of question. But then the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said that, um, you know, you should never, ever lie. So this person, individual, he used to lie. But then uh, after this um, guidance of uh, the Holy Prophet, he stopped lying. So every single time he used to, he would do anything bad, he would think of it and he would actually not do it because he knew that, you know, if he had to face, uh, he had to, you know, come in front of the Holy Prophet, then he would be asked of what he did and what he not did and of the actions that he did, for example. Or if someone would have complained about uh, this uh, companion, then he would have to say the truth because they were companions, they were true followers of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. So step by step, one by one, he got rid of all the bad habits that he had. So that was a guidance that that companion had and that was not to lie because if you lie you know it builds up for example you do a bad thing and you've been asked by someone by the authority have you done it you would say no i haven't done it right because you lied and they thought okay this this individual didn't do anything and then you think okay i'm uh, i got away of it by lying so let's do another bad thing another bad thing and it it builds up and by a certain time you'll see that from where you were to what you are you know from a small criminal to a a bandit or a a big criminal you can become because you got away 
uh, with lying. But then you have to remember that even if you get away in this world, even if you go through, even if you do injustices and no one is catching you in this world, remember that every single thing that you're doing in this world, you will be asked in the hereafter. And in Islam, we have this belief that every limb of your body, they will answer. Which means every action that you have done with your eyes, with your mouth, with your tongue, with your hands, with your feet, with your body, you know, they will they will speak for you. Even if that, which means that you cannot hide any action, anything that you do in this world. So you should, you know, as believers, we are fearful of our actions if you truly believe in God Almighty. And you see some people, they might have been, you know, tortured or they have been mistreated by certain, certain people. And, you know, they think, why is there no justice? And, you know, I don't find any justice because the authorities, they cannot catch this person or no one is there to, you know, punish this person because there is no evidence, etc., etc. But inside the person who's been, you know, tortured or who's been, uh, uh, this individual has been uh, unjust to the this the individual, they would always think, is there no God who watches over me? Is there no way? You have to remember you have to remember that every single person who does injustices in this world, if you get away in this world, remember that you will be punished in the hereafter. So that's why, you know, we as believers, we believe that every action that we do, we should be mindful of it, that it's something which is not unjust. Even if you, let's say, say some sort of harsh words or you, um, you know, uh, use uh, words that could harm someone, but you don't realize, therefore, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings Allah upon him, has taught us that always do istighfar, ask forgiveness from God Almighty, from the actions that you know that you've done, which is wrong, and also for the actions that you don't know, because you never know if you have hurted someone or not, because a language that you use on, on your day-to-day -day base might be uh, common to you, that might, you might think that it doesn't hurt someone, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you would not hurt anyone uh, else. So that's why in Islam we have been taught that we should be, um, we should always and always ask forgiveness for uh, the sins we do and the sins we don't do. Now, um, there are many bad habits, of course. Another habit and another bad habit is injuring or harming someone. Um, or making another person deal with to go sour is to, you know, overbet on a contract concluded by another, right? So, uh, in this saying, we have been asked to desist from such actions. A higher price is offered to acquire a thing only to bring the other person's business down, for example, while no person gain is achieved from such a bid. And this also applies to per proposal for marriage uh, and etc. etc. I mean, uh, so if, if you think that you're harming harming someone by hand or tongue is that's it? No, there's so many other things that you could harm another person. So you should be mindful of every th action that you do, 
that could harm someone and it should avoid harming anyone by any means. Um, then the admonishment is not to oppress anyone. So not to think law of anyone, nor to derogate anyone. An oppressor never achieves nearness to God Almighty. That's what we as Muslims believe. Then how is it possible that one on the other one hand, uh, one would enter into a pledge of allegiance with a promised Messiah, with one appointed by God Almighty to win his favor, and on the other hand, one would oppress people by snatching their rights. I mean, you have th- these are all points, all things um, for for us to remember that not just just believers or Ahmadis. Um, uh, but for everyone as well, that if you believe in God Almighty, you oppress someone, you harm someone, you have enmity towards someone, remember that God will not forgive you for these actions. And this is why we are mentioning these points, that, you know, please do not have these things. If you want to become a better person, and if you want people around you to be better, then remember that you should get rid of all these bad habits um, there is a beautiful prayer of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, who has said that um, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to supplicate himself. And he said, O my Allah, I seek thy refuge from bad morals, evil deeds, and evil desires. Even though we know that he was uh, created as an exemplar for all mankind, but he also used to pray. And this is a lesson for us that even the most perfect human being created on earth, you know, prayed for any uh, mistake that could happen by him unknowingly, right? So, but this is also a lesson for the mankind that we also should pray these prayers as well. And then the promised Messiah, you know, also elaborated on this and states that man should not be conceited nor indecent nor ill-mannered towards the fellow beings he should act with love and goodness and should not bear ill uh, ill will towards anyone for personal reasons he should behave firmly or gently in accordance with occasions or conditions um, now n- there is another part of this condition right which is adopt meekness and humility so what do we learn <coughs> from this yeah, so this in regards to, to like adopting meekness and humility, uh, the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, states, Seek forgiveness of Allah before the punishment of God comes to close the door of forgiveness. While the laws of this world are feared, why is it the laws of God are not? When calamities have occurred, one has to go through them. Everyone should try to get up for tahajjud and to include Kunut in the five daily prayers as well. Uh, Kunut is obviously a part of the prayer. Repent from everything that would incur the wrath of Allah. Repentance means giving up all evil deeds and everything that goes against the pleasure of God and undergoing a true change and making progress and adopting the way of righteousness. In this too lies the mercy of Allah. Make your habits decent, shun anger, Replacing it with gentleness and meekness, along with adopting good morals, should uh, you should give charity as well. So you know, there's many points mentioned uh, within this that obviously 
um, we should um, seek forgiveness from Allah the Almighty mm-hmm. uh, whilst we can, whilst we are able to seek forgiveness. Yeah. Um, because you know sometimes um, you can, you'll do mistakes unknowingly, mm-hmm. but sometimes you might come to realization that you've c- made a mistake. Yeah. Um, then you should seek forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, whilst you can, uh, because uh, when we are to return to our Creator. Mm. Um, we will be judged upon our actions mm. so seek forgiveness while you can then another point the promised messiah Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmed uh, may Allah be uh, may Allah be pleased with him mm-hmm. uh, had said that we we in this every country we follow the laws of the land right we follow their laws yep. so then why is it that we do not follow the law of God yep. obviously God Almighty has laid out laws for us and, yep. and in terms of religion mm. uh, religion is about following those mm. laws so why do we not do that hmm. so then we should um, also repent for our evil things mm. that we've done for our deeds that are wrong mm. um, so once you repent God Almighty is pleased with our repentance okay. he loves those that repent for their sins mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of the day they remember that there is a higher being there's there's a creator above them mm-hmm. who's going to question them mm. and he further states that your habits should be decent and of course we spoke about uh, anger at length earlier yep. and also obviously the main point here is uh, abdo- uh, adopting meekness and humility mm. which means that for seeking the pleasure of God you feed the poor Yep. the orphans mm-hmm. and the needy and you say that you perform these acts only for the pleasure of the almighty Allah and you fear that extremely terrible day which is the day of judgment mm-hmm. so just to summarize it in brief ask forgiveness and keep char- uh, giving charity so this is what the promised Messiah Islam, uh, peace be upon him is stating yep. that pray ask forgiveness and keep giving charity so that the almighty Allah may deal with, may deal with you with his grace and mercy at the end of the day, I think this is also um, us as MD Muslims should also remember that we cannot achieve um, anything without the grace and mercy of Allah. Yep. That should also be part of our prayers that through His grace, through the grace of Allah the Almighty and through His mercy, mm-hmm. we are to achieve our goals and we're going to live our lives um, as He has commanded us. Okay, okay. Um, so just to conclude today's show, I mean, it was a wonderful to um, ours um, the teachings of Islam has beautifully elaborated upon this condition of the initiation um, offer profound wisdom that transcend boundaries and beliefs Um, these principles of forgiveness uh, forbearance compassion resonate with the core values of humility itself Um, we are reminded that in a world often fraught with anger, jealousy and conflict, it is our duty to rise above these negative emotions. Instead, we should nurture a spirit of forgiveness and meekness. This not only benefits our own souls, but also contributes to a harmonious and peaceful society. You know, the verse, verses of the Holy Quran uh, that I mentioned and the sayings of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and the words of the promised Messiah actually emphasize the importance of suppressing anger, pardoning others, and overall doing good. And these teachings are universal and can guide all of us in basically leading 
a more virtuous life. Let us strive to be a better individuals, irrespective of our backgrounds, by adopting these principles of kindness, empathy and humility as we do so. We not only improve ourselves, but also create a more compassionate world for, for everyone, for everyone around us. And this is the teaching of Islam. Yeah. Just lastly, I would like to mention the final quote mm-hmm. of the promised Messiah, peace be upon him. He states that, Friends, hold fast to this rule. Deal with all people with kindness. Kindness increases intelligence and forbearance promotes deeper thinking. Anyone who does not adopt this way is not of us. Anyone from our community who cannot tolerate the abuse and harshness of our opponents is permitted to have recourse to the courts, but it is not appropriate that he should counter harshness with harshness and create a dispute. This is the admonishment we have given our community, and we express our displeasure and declare that the one who does not act upon it is not of our community. Mm. Wonderful quote to end with. I would like to thank um, yourself, Brother Nashirwan, um, Akim Mahmoud, uh, who's the uh, at the background the tech team, also the producers for this hour, Hasia Hasib, uh, Zilehuma, and Shajil Ahmed, who have been producing this this show. Thank you to all of you, and also thank you to our listeners who have listened in today. I hope you have learned something from today's show, and I hope if you have learned something that you could also convey this to others as well. So it could be a a, a lesson for others. It could be a, a, a life code for others as well. Thank you, everyone. And here is the 6 o'clock news.